0: Welcome back to another episode of The Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McCrary. Today, we're going to be talking about the college football playoff rankings, which were announced over the weekend. Then we're going to talk about Auburn finally hiring a new head coach. Then we're going to finish out the podcast talking about NBA opening night. We have matchups, including the Warriors and the Nets and then the Clippers and the Lakers. But let's start out with the college football playoff. Um, Those rankings were announced on Sunday at noon. Um, And here are the playoff seedings. We got number one, Alabama. The Alabama Crimson Tide came in at number one. Number two, we got the Clemson Tigers. Number three, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And number four, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, I believe the committee got it right. I believe they got the top four right Um, And and I was worried about it. I was worried that the playoff committee would put in uh, Texas A&M at the fourth spot. Um, I was really worried about that. Um, And and I honestly would have been okay with Cincinnati getting the fourth seed. I know they were discussing Notre Dame, Cincinnati, or Texas A&M for the fourth spot. They put in Notre Dame. I'm fine with that. I think that was a really good pick. I do not believe that, that the Texas A&M Aggies deserve to be, a playoff, deserve to be in the playoff. Um, I did not think they deserved it. And, and here's why. Now, um, they had a good year. They, they are a good team. I'm not disputing that. But they had a, a tough 28-point loss to Alabama. They didn't make their conference championship. Their one quality win was against a now three-loss Florida team, who wouldn't be a top-10 team if the committee would have rightfully dropped them after their loss to LSU, and they were statistically average this season. Um, statistically, they were they were pro- they were a, around like the 20th-ranked team in the country. Um, they were not dominant this season, and although their strength of record was extremely impressive this year. Um, I think you have, in my opinion, you need to be a dominant team to be in the top four, to be a playoff team. And, and, and they weren't this year. Um, they were statistically average. They had a good quality win, um, but they had a bad loss to Alabama. They weren't statistically impressive this year in terms of yards per play um, and their points per possession statistics. I think they just, they weren't that good of a team this year. They were, they were really just average um, but they had a good resume that I think makes them a top 15 team in the country, but they should not have been a top four team, they didn't deserve it, they didn't make their conference championship, they didn't win their division, I think Notre Dame was a better football team, they also had a better resume, they made their conference championship, um, they, they won every game but one, they beat Clemson, um, which was an awesome, an awesome win. Even though they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. I still think that is a quality win. Then they lost to Clemson. They did get destroyed in the conference championship, but at least they made it to that point, And they were statistically a more dominant football team than Texas, a- than Texas A&M was. And then Cincinnati. They had a better resume, in my opinion. They were an awesome team this year, especially, especially defensively. They were one of, if not the best defensive team in the entire country this year. And they had a good resume. They had a fine strength of record. Um, They had some nice quality wins. Let's actually look at their their schedule. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, Because they had a good year. They had a really, really good year this year. Um, and, And I feel like they've been disrespected in a way, especially by the committee. I mean, they're still ranked... They're ranked eighth in the country, which is ridiculous. They should be. A, they are a top six team in the country this year. Uh, they beat Army. They beat SMU. They they beat Tulsa, and they probably would have beat Tulsa again if they would if their game against Tulsa the first time would it have been canceled. So, I think Cincinnati is being extremely di- disrespected by being ranked the eighth team in the country. They, they're an elite defensive team. They got a good quarterback. They got a good resume. I mean, I don't know what more the committee expects from Cincinnati, but they continue to disrespect group of five teams, and I believe that Cincinnati had a fine argument to be in the playoff. They were undefeated. They won their conference championship. And they were statistically a very good team this year, especially defensively. So I think they had a good argument. I'm okay with Notre Dame being in there. Um I'm fine with it. But I don't think that AM was the next team up. I think Cincinnati was. And honestly, we need to talk about Coastal Carolina. Because Coastal Carolina had an had an excellent year. They were really, really good this year. Um let's look at their schedule. Because they had a very I think they ranked really, really high in terms of strength of record which I think is very very important and I can actually pull it up here because I have it in a in an Excel document they were eighth in strength of record um, so and, and that and that's really really impressive in my opinion now let's look at their schedule let me pull this up real quick because they had a nice year let's see 2020 Coastal Carolina Chantiler schedule so uh, they meet Louisiana, who beat Iowa State, then they beat BYU, they're still ranked behind Iowa State, I believe, I believe that's true, but they beat BYU, they beat Louisiana, they were awesome this year, they were dominant, um, had a great year statistically, and they weren't able to play in their conference championship because that got cancelled, if they did, I think they likely beat Louisiana again, um, but they still, they went undefeated. They had some quality wins, two two quality wins, and they were statistically better than Texas A&M was. So I I think that Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, um, and Notre Dame all have better better arguments, better resumes. And I think they should have been in the playoff, or they should have been in the conversation to be in the playoff. Uh, I don't care, me personally. I don't care if you're a group of five team or a power five team. If you have the strength of record, if you have the statistics, and if you if you have the quality wins to be in the playoff, I think you should you should at least be in the conversation. of Carolina, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame all had that, and they had better resumes. At least in my opinion, than Texas and AM Texas AM did so I think they should have been in the conversation. But hey, Notre Dame got in the playoff. A and M didn't. So I am happy with the way it played out. We're gonna have um, we're gonna see Alabama face off against Notre Dame. Alabama's likely gonna win by double digits because Notre Dame is they're they're really, really good defensively. Offensively, they're just not they're not very explosive. Um and, and, but I'm really excited to watch Clemson and Ohio State play because we get Trevor Lawrence Versus Justin Fields, we're going to see a rematch from last year's semifinal. That'll be extremely fun to watch. Although Clemson is a big favorite, they're favored by about a touchdown right now, I still think it's going to be a really, really fun game to watch, Um, and I can't wait to see how that goes now. But shout out to the committee. I think they got it right with the top four. Now, outside of the top four, I think their rankings were pretty disgusting and not in a good way. Um, but at least they got it right with the top four. I think they got four really, really good teams who had good quality arguments to be in the playoff. All right, let's talk about Auburn hiring their new coach, and if you haven't heard, the Auburn Tigers hired Brian Harson, who was Boise State's head coach, to be their new head coach. Uh, they finally ended their head coach search yesterday uh, by bringing in Brian Harson. and this was a brutal um, just a brutally awful head coaching search by Auburn. It seems like Auburn didn't have a plan when they fired head coach Gus Malzahn, and and there were they had a lot, they had a big list of candidates candidates at the beginning of their head coaching search. But nothing was really working out, uh, they didn't bring in Kevin Steele, they didn't promote him to head coach, they didn't bring in Mario Cristobal, uh, Steve Sarkeesian wasn't brought in, and they didn't really ever talk to Hugh Freeze at the beginning of the head coaching hire, and so when nothing was working out, it felt like they were just grasping at straws, you know, Neil Brown, his name was brought up. And he's, he's Troy's old head coach who's now in West Virginia. UAB's head coach, his name was brought up. Louisiana's head coach's name was brought up. I personally wanted Hugh freeze because he had a lot of success at Ole Miss. Um, he beat Nick Saban multiple times. He was a great recruiter and he developed Malik Willis, who was Auburn, who was a, a, a quarterback at Auburn last season. He developed Willis into a very good quarterback this year. And Willis has been, he has been awesome this season and so i wanted to freeze because of his ability ability to develop quarterbacks um and recruit and compete with alabama so i wanted to freeze we didn't end up bringing him in we brought brian harson and harson he had a very very good tenure at Boise state here's what the auburn tigers are getting and i'm an auburn fan so i'm really interested to see what harson can do here's what he did at Boise state now he ha- he is seventy one and twenty two as a head coach, um in sixty four and seventeen at Boise State. Um, he coached at Boise State. He also coached at Arkansas State. Um, so he's been successful. He's been a winner everywhere he's been. And Boise State finished first in their conference in recruiting every year under Harson. Um and during this time, they also won five Mountain West Division championships and three outright conference titles, including last season. He he's also produced NFL talent, as were Cleveland Alexander, Madison, and Leighton Vander Esch Are all relatively uh big names that have come out of Boise State. They're all productive NFL players, and, and I believe this is a fine ha- hire. But I'm interested to see. How he does on the field and in recruiting while competing against state rival Alabama. That's the big thing I'm waiting to see um, from him. But I think this is a fine hire. He was awesome at Boise State. He won. Um, he, he recruited very well. He produced NFL talent. Um, and I, I think he's, I, I like this hire. Um, I think Hugh Freeze would have been a better hire. But I'm just interested to see how Brian Harsin does. Competing with Alabama. How is he going to do on the field when he has to play the Crimson Tide? How is he going to do in recruiting? Are we going to be one of the best recruiting? Or are we going to be one of the best teams in terms of recruiting in the SEC? We'll see. Uh, but I, that's something I'm really interested to see. Uh, but I like this hire. I think this was a good, solid hire. And, I, and I, I'm really excited to see how this pans out. Alright, uh, this has been a, a really short episode. But I do want to talk about... The NBA opening night. The first matchup we saw was Warriors at the Nets, um, and the Nets won 125 to 99. And they dominated the Golden State Warriors. And I was really interested to see Steph Curry. I was excited to see him play basketball again. And I was really interested to see how Steph or how Kevin Durant looked coming back from an Achilles injury. And my lord, he looked awesome. I mean, he was hitting dribble, off the dribble pull-up jumpers. um, And he looked like the dominant scorer he's been his entire career. He had 22 points um, in this game. And he shot, let me see what he shot from the field. He shot 7-for-16 from the field, 1-for-2 from the three-point line, 7-for-7 seven seven from the free-throw line. He also had three steals, one block, so he's productive on the defensive end. He looked really good. Kyrie Irving looked awesome. I mean, he had 26 points, shot 10-for-16 from the field, 4-for-7 from the three-point line. Um, he was awesome. was really efficient. As a score in that game, that's what I saw from him. But the Nets overall looked, they looked pretty good. Um, because they have KD and Kyrie now. Um, they, they also have Joe Harris, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Lavert. All of those guys are back from last year's team. They're returning. Uh, Kar- Karis Lavert was awesome, 20 points. Six for seventeen shooting from the field, three for five shooting from the three-point line, and five for six shooting from the free throw line. So his true shooting percentage from for this game was probably awesome. And he was on my fantasy basketball team, and he had forty-four points in fantasy last night. So I was <laughs> I was really happy to see him play well. Um but yeah, the Nets, they look good. Durant looks awesome, looks like he's going to be really, really good coming back from the Achilles injury, he looks like himself, um, I don't think he's going to be the same, um, I think that he's not a, he's not as shifty as he was in Golden State, but I, I was really, really encouraged with what I saw from, from Kevin Durant, he looked awesome, and then uh, Kyrie Irving, he bought out, he was incredible, and, and everybody else, you know, the secondary players like um, DeAndre Jordan, um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Karis Levert, um, Jared Allen. All those players played really, really well last night, and I was impressed with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, on the other hand, I was not impressed with the Golden State Warriors. Stephen Curry had a rough game, um, but that's kind of to be expected, because he has no, really no help. Um, Andrew Wiggins was awful. He had 13 points, but he shot 4 for 16 from the field, 2 for 6 from the three-point line, he just wasn't very good, and, and and everybody really struggled around Steph Curry. He doesn't have a dominant secondary scorer, or he really does, just doesn't have anybody that is a reliable secondary ball handler or a secondary scorer, James Wiseman statistically was really good, but a lot of his production didn't come until the end of the game where he was playing against the Brooklyn Nets bench, um, so I, I'm not going to overreact to Wiseman's stat line, uh, but he did show off his range. Um, he shot the ball pretty well from mid-range and from the three-point line. I was impressed with that, uh, but even in the beginning of the game, he just, and sorry for my dog, he's barking, he's losing his mind, uh, but in the beginning of the game, it just didn't look like James Wiseman totally knew what he was doing, so I, I just, bear warning, like, he had a good stat line, but this is not indicative of the, of his performance, he was not this good, um, but I think he had some nice moments towards the end of the game, but Steph Curry, he was solid, I think he's gonna, it's gonna be a rough year for the Golden State Warriors, I think I had them missing the playoffs in my preseason predictions, um, you know, this is a very similar team to the one they had last year, uh, where they have Steph Curry and really nobody else. Now, this time, they don't have D'Angelo Russell, and that's going to be a big issue for this team because Stephen Curry, he can't do it all. He's not LeBron James. He, he He's a mortal human being. He can't do it all for this team, and I think he's going to have a a bit of a rough year. It's going to be a, a bumpy roller coaster for the Golden State Warriors. Because Steph Curry is awesome, he's one of the best players in the league. But they don't really have a secondary option, especially if Andrew Wiggins is going to play this going to play this way consistently. I don't think he is. Uh, but he looked really, really rough last last night. He was not efficient. Neither was Eric Paschal or Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, all three of those players had rough performances last night. And off the bench, no one really played all that well for the Golden State Warriors. Um, Mulder came in, had nine points, her had eight points, shot three, three for three, three for three from the field. I can't talk, um, uh, but not a very good performance from the Golden State Warriors. The Nets were really efficient. Um, last night shot 45% from the field, 43% from the three point line. So they were awesome. Uh, but a rough game from the Golden State Warriors. And I think this is going to continue to be a rough year for them. Um, they just don't have the talent uh, to be a super competitive team, so, um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see where they end up this season, but let's move on, talk about the Clippers-Lakers game, this was the, the big game, um, you know, everyone's watching to see the, the Los Angeles showdown, the Lakers came off of, they're coming off of a title, um, they were at home in this game, and they didn't look very good, the Clippers won 116-109, to the Lakers looked sloppy, and, and mainly Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They didn't show out. They didn't show up for this game. LeBron in the first half looked really, really bad. Um, he just didn't look like he. I mean, this was a rough, a rough game, and, and you can like, there, there's, you know, this is the first game of the season, so that can be, that's to be expected. Uh, but LeBron James is the best player in the world, and Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the world, so you expect them to put up better performances, like LeBron James, he scored 22 points, uh, only had 5 assists, 5 rebounds, and only shot 7 for 17 from the field, and 3 for 8 from the 3 point line, and then Anthony Davis, he had 18 points, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 2 assists, 7 rebounds, shot 8 for 15 from the field, 0 for 2 from the 3 point line. That's just not efficient enough for Anthony Davis. Um I hold him to higher standards. He was taking a lot of fadeaway jump shots from the mid range from mid-range. Wasn't enforcing uh, he wasn't forcing the issue down low like I would have wanted him to. I thought he should have been more dominant in the paint because the Clippers don't have anybody that can hold his jock strap. And and, and that's blunt, but that's honest. Like, no one on the Clippers should be able to guard Anthony Davis. I know they brought in Serge Ibaka, uh, but Anthony Davis should be able to overpower him a bit. Um, And and he should not score 18 points ever in an NBA game. He should always be scoring over 20 points. Um, So, I, I didn't like what I saw from him. I did, however, like what I saw from the, their surrounding pieces. Martez Harold and Kyle Kuzma came off the bench, combined for over 30 points. They looked awesome, and they were efficient while they while they did that. Um, and and Martez Harold grabbed 10 rebounds. Kuzma didn't do much outside of score, but he did do that efficiently. Dennis Schroeder was, eh. He was okay, uh, scored 14 points, had 8 assists, 12 rebounds. That looks great, but he wasn't very efficient. Um, However, he was pretty productive um, outside of scoring, Um, was really passing the ball well, was grabbing rebounds. Um, And if you, hey, if you had the over on Dennis Schroeder rebounds, 3.5, you you were really, really, really happy watching this game. Uh, But I want to talk about um, Paul George. Who was awesome? There's been a lot of talk about Paul George not being a top 20 player in the, in the NBA over the offseason. Uh, and and that comes or that that stems from him from his playoff performance. He was not good in the playoffs, but he was being heavily disrespected uh, by the media, by people on social media, by fans, and he came out. In Game 1 of this season, and he was awesome. He was hitting pull-up jumpers, he scored 33 points, shot 13-for-18 from the field, 5-for-8 from the 3-point line, had 3 assists, 6 rebounds, 1 steal. He was awesome. I mean, 33 points on that kind of efficiency is crazy, especially when you consider how he did it. He was coming off screens, hitting jump shots, creating his own shot along the perimeter, I was really impressed with him this game, and then Kawhi Leonard, he, he added on 26 points. He wasn't as efficient, shot 10 for, 10 for 26 from the field, 1 for 8 from the 3-point line, didn't shoot 5 for 5 from the free throw line, uh, but he wasn't as efficient, but he was still, he had a solid a solid game, 3 assists, 2 steals, uh, 2 rebounds, but I was really impressed with Paul George. So Jabaka had a nice debut, 15.6 rebounds. He was nice. And then off the bench, Zubak played well. Uh, Lou Williams was solid, 11 points, three assists, two rebounds. Uh, Patrick Beverly, he had a solid, a solid game, hit some big shots. Uh, but I, I was really, really impressed with Paul George. And I, and I'm happy that he came out, he silenced the doubters. He looked like he did. Um, when he was, when he finished top three for, in, in, um, in MVP voting, looked really good last night. Looked like a top ten player. And I was impressed. And I, and I like the, I don't think either team were very good in this game. Um, both teams, uh, could, can and should play better moving forward. Um, especially Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, LeBron both have to play better. They were disappointing. Um, but the Clippers got a huge win in game one. I was impressed. Uh, they played a lot better than the Lakers, who were really sloppy. Both teams, I think, turned the ball over a lot. If watching this game last night, it felt like they were turning the ball over so, so much. Let's see. Yeah, like, both teams had over 15 turnovers. The Lakers had 19, the Clippers had 16. Um, but the Clippers were a slightly more efficient, um, uh, but yeah, so I wasn't impressed with either team really, but I loved what I saw from Paul George. He looked dominant. Um, and, and I can't wait to see, uh, what the Clippers look like moving forward. The Lakers were disappointing, but I expect them, you know, to come back, play better throughout the season. But yeah, the Clippers got a big win. The Nets, they looked awesome. Uh, Kevin Durant was amazing coming back from an Achilles injury. When you consider the injury he's coming back from, um, it, it's, it's really remarkable how well he played yesterday. Kyrie was awesome. Their secondary pieces looked good. Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, Joe Harris, they look really good. They look like they are going to be a problem in the NBA this season. But that's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Um tonight we see everybody else in the NBA play. Like I know the Hawks, I'm a Hawks fan. The Hawks are playing the Chicago Bulls. I'll be watching that. I've been watching NBA games. I've been watching more bowl games. You know, college football. It's the bowl season right now, so I can't wait to see uh more bowl games and the playoff. I'm ready for that. But anyway, that's all I have for to y'all. Hope you'll enjoyed it and I will see y'all next time.